0: we What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan thanks for tuning and god bless good to see everybody out tonight we have been journeying through the series last sunday i had a blast it was hot but we had a blast <laughs> <laughs> Most of you I think were there So uh, you guys know what happened We had we had kids getting wet Things were going on And if you guys online missed it I want to invite you to come next time We do something like that So, uh, But thank you guys so much for tuning in Let me go ahead and introduce myself To those of you tuning online this evening Thank you so much for joining us My name is Pastor Trenton Cruz I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church Right here in Jackson, Missouri We're so glad you tuned with us online this evening But what we want to do Is invite you to come down Be a part of what God is doing in the house here in Jackson, Missouri, because you're not going to get the same thing at home, I promise. You've got to be around other believers. So I hope that even if it's not us, you will find a church home that you can join and fellowship with other believers. It's time to get back out of the house. To me, if you are living in fear, and it's time to get back out of the house because God has been doing so much in this society. Guys, I can't keep up. It's good news every day. I know if you watch the mainstream media, it's bad news every day, but it's good news every day in the real world where God's actually moving. Things are happening all across this country right now, and God is moving in a mighty way. We're seeing miracles. Matter of fact, I was hoping she'd be here tonight, but we had one in the house last week right here, and we talked a little bit about it on Let's Talk. But we gathered, we prayed, which is exactly what the Bible tells us to do, is anoint them with oil. Call the elders and pray over them. And it says the ailments will be healed and their sins will be forgiven. And we saw that happen last week. For those of you that don't know, uh, one of the, our regular attenders came forward. I won't say names in case she doesn't want it out there. And her son actually stood in for great-grandma to him, I think it was, who had cancer. And she had just found out about it, I guess, or she was dealing with it. So we called him. He stood in for her. We anointed him with oil. We prayed. She told me this past Sunday, the next day, Thursday, they went to the doctor and the cancer was gone. And that's the type of stuff God is up to right now in this nation. So watch, look for that stuff, because if all you're doing is watching mainstream news, you are missing it. You have got to have eyes to see. You've got to have ears to hear or you are missing what God is doing right now. So I want to encourage you, become a part of a church family. Grow, be discipled. Watch for what God's been up to. Today we're going to be continuing this journey that we started here a few weeks ago now with part 3 and we call we like to call this part Bond and you're gonna see why we call it bond here in just a minute because this is the point of the journey We've already talked about salvation and baptism. That was the first week. That's your first step on the journey Last week, we talked about build which is where you go through growth track become a member get discipled Get involved in the church get involved in the community. That's the build portion. It builds you up spiritually tonight We're talking about bonding Because it's all about small groups believe it or not As we grow larger, the way we grow smaller is we connect with people. If there's someone that you've seen ever on a Sunday that you know one of us pastors has missed, make sure you're greeting them when they come through that door. Because that's what it's all about. It's about the connection that people make when they come through the door. Smile at them. Maybe the only smile they've seen all week. We've got to be willing to do those things and get involved with what is going on. Because people are looking For connection. That's what they're looking for. It's like the song said at the beginning. We all want to be loved. We do. Whether they admit it or not. We have a natural tendency as humans. To be drawn to others. The fellowship is important. And that's what small groups or connect groups. Whatever you want to call it. Is all about. What does that mean? That means the people you hang with. Outside of this church. Outside of the walls. Make time. Go do things. You know someone you got something in common with. Go out and do something, whether it's bowling, going to a ball game, whatever it is that you have in common. Maybe you guys just want to have a card night. I don't know. Play cards, whatever. Just get to know people because that's where it's at. Because they tell us that people have made the decision two minutes after they come through the door of whether they're coming back or not. And then one study says seven. So two to seven minutes. Guess what that means? That's before the worship. That's before the preacher preaches. It's all about us you what can you do when they come through the door to help maybe fulfill a need in their life and that is like our vision statement here at Next Level Freedom Church which is reaching others where they're at they want to know how God can help them right now in this situation before they want to know about Jesus Jesus is the answer yes But you need to get to know people. They need to get to know you. Because otherwise, you could come on too strong, and that always fails. (laughs) Those are the ones they called Bible thumpers back in the day. They were coming at them. And they want to know you first. And how do they get to know you? By learning who the Jesus is that lives in you. Amen. Amen. All right, so Luke chapter 6. If you've been following along with these last several weeks or last couple of weeks, I said we'd be hitting a different gospel each night is our center focal point. And that is going to be tonight. We're going to be in Luke. So the first week we did Matthew, then we did Mark. Now we're doing Luke tonight. We're going to be in chapter 6. For those of you that are turning there tonight, sorry about the screen, guys, but that's the way we do it (laughs) here tonight. Let me go ahead and read our key passage of Scripture that we have for this entire series real quick before I forget. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 to 27 says this: Do you not know that in a race all runners or all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Amen. There's a lot there. I mean, you could preach a whole message just on the key passage, but we're not doing that tonight. But all people that enter a race, hopefully they enter the race to win. What's Paul saying? Run the race like you're wanting to win the prize, which is, for us as believers, that's Jesus. The prize at the end of the day is Jesus. It's eternal life. We get through Jesus Christ. So we need to run to get the prize. Too many Christians are just doing a little bit. They're running. They might be jogging while everybody else is sprinting. What do we mean by that? Well, oh, they dab here and there, Right. But the sprinters, they're the ones that's going to win the race. The ones that are running with all their might towards the prize. What prize is that? He told us here. See, in regular games like the Olympics and things, they go to get a crown or a prize that will not last. But we, as believers, are running to get the prize that lasts forever. So we need to live like that. And I like what he says about, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I have a direction that I'm headed. I don't just run out here and just see where I end up. I follow God's plan for my life, and we run at it. I like how he talks about the boxer. A boxer don't get in a match to punch the air. They're trying to knock the other guy out. In this case, you're trying to knock out the devil, right? As he comes at you, so come with the strikes that are going to knock him out. Don't just piddle-paddle with the devil. We got too many people doing that, and they dabble here and they dabble there. And then they wonder why at the end of the day, they feel like, they feel bad. Let's just say that. They feel like crap. I went and said it, sorry. They feel like crap. they like, at the end of the day, they have nothing to show for it because they're not running like they're going for a prize. You can't let the devil beat you up you got to understand the old song. We should have sung that tonight, John. The enemy's camp. We went there. We walked all over him. He's under our feet. We took back everything he stole from us. That's what we run like. We don't run like people that are getting walked all over by the devil. No, that's not what God has called you to be. You're supposed to be a soldier in God's army. So run. Have a direction. Everybody else on the planet just sees where they end up. People that are living for purpose, for their divine purpose, have a direction. Every decision that they make has a purpose behind it. They don't just make a decision randomly and then hope they end up in the right place. No, we make decisions that's going to get us to our goal. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 6, for those of you that are already there, we're going to verse 12, it says, In these, in these days he went out to, to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God, talking about Jesus. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, whom he named apostles. What are we talking about here? Well, why did Jesus do that? Because, point number one tonight, it's all about building relationships. He called 12 specific men that were going to be his closest ones. Now he had a whole multitudes of people following him. He calls out 12 of them to be in his small group basically. These are the ones he was training. Now we have Judas that ended up, you know, throwing it all away, but the, the everyone else that was there, it's these original apostles. Jesus was building a relationship with them. You look at these guys, you got random people. Really? You got fishermen, you got tax collectors, you got wealthy fishermen, not-so-wealthy fishermen, and you got all different people from all walks of life, and Jesus chose them. And you even got a greedy one whom he still loved, Judas, who he still got betrayed by, but at the end of the day, he still loved Judas because it's all about building relationships, Acts 2.42 says this, They spent their time learning from the apostles. They were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. What does that mean? This is in Acts chapter 2. This is after Peter gives his big speech. And now you've got all these believers gathering together. It says they broke bread. What does that mean? That means they hung out. They spent time together. They got to know each other. That's how this thing works. It's about building relationships with other people. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. They were keeping peace the mess we see going on in this world right now because point number two it's about family you build relationships with people they become like family to you then when somebody comes out with an accusation against well we'll just use john he's right here in the front right against Pastor John Davis has got an accusation, but I know John. They're trying to tell me he did something that it's not in his character he wouldn't have done. How would I know that unless I spent time with John? The same goes for the rest of us. You've got to get to know each other well enough. Small groups, connect groups. You've got to get to know each other well enough. When the enemy tries to come, he's not going to be able to divide and conquer, which is what he's always about. He tries to get you to turn on each other for different reasons. We see a lot of them in this society. But God's not about that. And the, the original believers that this was talking about were about making Jesus. Check out verse 3 there in Ephesians 4. It says, well, first said, it said, bearing with one another in love. So what does that mean? That means when you got an issue, if you've got a group that you're, you're close to, they can help you bear the burden. Or they can correct When the correction comes, that's the stuff we don't like to hear. But that's the purpose. You've got the relationship. So you can hold each other accountable for what God has. But then verse 3 said, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. How do you do that? You get to know people. It's about family. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, and now this word to all of you. You should be like one big happy family full of sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't snap back at those who say unkind things about you. Huh? Instead, pray for God's help for them, for we are to be kind to others and God will bless us for it. What? You mean I don't need a sassy comeback when somebody comes at me with an insult? No, 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 no. God says you just take it move on. Right? Because the effort is, I'm not saying let them walk all over you, but I'm not, it's all in how you approach it. If there's someone like that that's treating you that way, I hope that your idea would just be walk away. They're getting under your skin. But if there's any way you can possibly reach that person, that's what you need to be doing. Reaching them for the gospel. Let them say the things. Bible even talks about how they'll regret that stuff if you're living it. They'll regret it. Because they said something about you maybe that wasn't true. The truth comes out later. They see how you're living and how you reacted to them saying the stuff they said. And they're impressed. They're like, huh could be not every situation ends up like that but it's possible i like how this was the living bible for those you wondering the translation i like how it said you should be like one big happy family that's what we got going on here joy church next level freedom church the group of us that is here we're unifying why are we unifying because there is more strength in numbers you get out there by yourself you get picked off but if you're with a group, that's why you need to get out the house, join a church. Because it's easier to get picked off when you're by yourself. The devil would love for you to stay home and be by yourself. Because that's the easiest time to get you. Because he can get you in your emotions. Well, I wonder what so-and-so is thinking. I wonder what this is going on. It gets you thinking about things you don't need to be thinking about. Reject that spirit of fear that some of you are letting control your life. 1 Timothy 5, 1-2 to two says, Do not rebuke an older man. Hmm, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, old women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. What's it getting at? Treat them like family. They're older than you. They've been around a lot longer, and there's a lot of you here that I look up to because you've been doing this thing a lot longer than I have. You should be respecting those older and loving those younger, treating them like brothers and sisters. Moms and dads, that's how it works. Luke chapter 9, jumping over a couple of chapters. We're still in Luke, but we're going to finish in chapter 9 here tonight. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 says, And he called the twelve together. Now, I skipped a little section. You can go back and read that in your own time. But it basically talks about Herod. Herod finds out the stuff Jesus has been up to. Thinks it might be John the Baptist coming back from the dead. So he wants to meet Jesus. So then kings notice. Hmm. When you're doing, you're walking in that authority that God gives you. And he called the twelve together. This is verse um, 1, Luke chapter 9. It says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart wherever they do not receive you. When you leave that town, there's a whole lot more to this verse that we're not going to talk about tonight. Shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Did you notice they did it together? You read about this. They went out in pairs went to different towns, went to different villages. And Jesus told him, there's a couple of things you can notice here about this verse, because let me give you point three. It's about working together to share God's love. That's what it is. That's what we do. It's about working together to share God's love. He calls them together. He sends them out to heal. He gave them power. He gave them authority. Still you, church. He gives you power. He gives you authority over all demons. And to cure diseases. Can you imagine if the church was walking in exactly what God tells us we got? People wouldn't be going to the hospital before they came to the church and tried to get healed. Imagine that. The disciples. We talked about it in the worship time. Peter just walked by in his shadow. Passed over people and they were healed. Jesus gives us that authority. But most Christians sadly don't walk in it. But you need to learn. See, too many want to have a conversation with the demon. The Bible says cast them out. You don't got time to have it. Now, Jesus did that maybe once or twice. But look at Jesus. He's got authority over them. He shut them up. The only time I recall him asking a demon's name is Legion. When he asked, what is your name? And then he's like, we're Legion because we're many. And then he cast him out. Too many people are trying to get to know the demon. Cast him out. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. That's the name you do these things in. He sent him out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. That's why we take so long at the end of the nights, having prayer. People were needing healed. We had one last week. I'm still excited about that. We're going to do it again tonight. Then he said, take nothing with you. Just go. Don't take money, bags, staff, nothing for your journey. Then did you notice verse 4? He said, whatever house you enter, stay there. He says, and from there depart. Why did he do that? Because if you go to a house, and then you go to another house, one, the person that lets you in might take it disrespectful. Why are you going over there? I invited you to stay here. It's all about keeping the peace. Jesus says, go there, stay there. That's where I want you to depart. The ones that invite you in. Now, if you get rejected, what did he say to do? We're not going there tonight, but there's a deeper thing in this verse. that Y'all, do some study. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. There's a deeper thing. Shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. They rejected you? It's all right. Keep moving. Shake it off and move on. Anybody had people, you just kick the dust off and move on? Most of the time, we want to throw an insult back, right? Mm, that's the flesh trying to creep in. We need to know where to stop. And they departed and went through the villages, so they took it to the people. Romans twelve four says, Just as there are many parts of our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. That's important. You're unique. We talked a little bit about it Sunday. So we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. Fellowship, small groups, important. We talked last week about serving in the body. We all have a part to play in God's big picture. What's your piece of the puzzle look like? Because here's what I want to guarantee you. It doesn't look like anybody else's. You're unique. You're an individual. God created you exactly how you are because there are people that you're going to reach that the rest of us might not. You've got to be willing to walk in and exercise the authority God has given you. When you walk into a room, if you sense a demon, cast him out. Don't waste no time. He has to leave by the name of Jesus. The question is, do you have that authority? Can you say that name? That's why we're born again. We become children of God. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You need to get under the leadership in your local church. It's there for a reason. God has put them over you for a reason. Not that they're better than you, but here's what you need to understand. We talk about this in Growth Track. Everyone here, everyone listening out there is a minister. That means you're a servant. You're to be doing God's will. The pastors, the teachers, the prophets, the apostles, those he puts in authority over us, those are the administers. They make it happen. They help you to succeed in your gifting. Maybe you're called to one of these five-fold ministries, but you got to understand you start, you got to start somewhere. You don't just walk in and jump up top. Some people want to do that. That's not how it works. There's a growing period. You've got to prove yourself. Tested. Test the spirits. The Bible talks about that. But you got to know who you are at the same time. Get under those teachers. Find out where you can help. Are you looking to where you can help in the church? Ask. Ask. Where can I help? What can I do to get involved? Because point number four, it's about making a difference in the lives of others. Why are there administers? They kind of the, and I like how Tasha, she might talk about this in October when we have a revival, which we haven't announced yet. But anyway, I will announce, we'll announce that later. But she talked at my church the administrators or the pastors and teachers are the outer pieces of the puzzle. They're the ones that hold it together. All the pieces on the inside is everyone else trying to find your place. Where is it that I get edified? Where is it that I grow? If I'm headed for a corner piece or an outer piece, how do I grow to get there? Get under some leadership. You've got to have leadership. Everyone needs a mentor. Romans ten. 13 and 14 says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how shall they ask him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? I used that verse here not too long ago. I like the way the living breaks that down. The living Bible there. How are they going to know unless you tell them about it? That's our jobs. we got to get out and tell these other people that need Jesus about Jesus so that they can walk in their gifts because we just read it. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but they've got to be told first. But, But there's another important part here. How should th- they ask someone to save him unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him unless they ne- never, they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells him? And I actually didn't write it down. I guess I should have wrote that down. But there, there's another part there to be sent out. We're sent out. We're sent out of the house. We've, we get trained here, and we get it sent out there. When you walk out that door, you're entering the mission field. That's where the people need their lives changed. Bring them here. Invite people. Invite them to church. But there's going to be a many of them you find. You're going to touch them out there before they come here. And that's important. It does happen sometimes that people walk in the church and that happens. But not always. Now we're continuing there in verse 10 of Luke chapter 9. On their return, the apostles told him, this is after they did all these things, on their return, and this, <laughs> this is where I mentioned a minute ago I was in the wrong spot, about Herod is the in-between verses, verses 7 to 9. He wanted to meet Jesus. Then I skipped that, but you can go read that. I encourage you to do it. But for the sake of time, we're in verse 10. It says, And on their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew them apart, from a, or apart to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Because they were willing to tell him, then the people came to Jesus. Jesus is the one that does the saving. It's not us. You get that, right? Jesus is the one that saves. It's not us. But we tell them about the Savior. And when we tell them, then you notice the apostles return. And then the crowds learned about Jesus, and they went to him. They followed him. Then what does it say? It says he welcomed them and spoke to them. This is Jesus. Spoke to them of the kingdom of God. He can speak to the individuals you'd least expect. You just need to invite. You need to follow that Holy Spirit leading you. And even if the person you're looking at is like impossible, there's no way that person is coming to Jesus. Remember, someone might have said that about you at one point. God does the changing. When the crowds learned of it, they followed him and he welcomed them. Jesus welcomed them, spoke to them. Now he speaks through the Holy Spirit. We invite him here. We talk to them out there. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. The Holy Spirit speaks to them, tells them of the kingdom of God. And then it says, and cure those who needed healing. Holy Spirit does that too. Amen. Y'all can get excited tonight. Y'all look like you're asleep. Have we, had, we had a rough day, I guess. Because here's and point, final point, point number five. It's about changing the world. Amen. Anybody ever watch the... Now, this is an older Son of God movie that came out in theaters, and the Bible series that came out when it's the same part. But remember when Jesus said, "What are we?" Or when Peter asked Jesus in the boat, he said, "What are we going to do?" And he said, "Change the world." I think if I'm thinking that's the right movie, I believe it is. Change the world. That's what we've been called to do. Go, therefore. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen. So no matter where you go out here, Jesus is right there. If you know Jesus, he's with you. I have even told my kids a few times, they, hey, what, that thing you're doing right now, would you do that if Jesus was standing right next to you? No. Well, he is. Oh. And you don't know how to be kids. That's us, too. That thing, that choices you're making in the dark, would you be making those same choices if you knew Jesus was standing right next to you? Our God that we serve is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. Another thing we can't explain. Now, if you're a believer, we expect unbelievers to act like unbelievers, live like heathens and do their thing. A believer does that we got a problem because a believer should know better so the next time you you've got a decision you're battling with ask yourself would I do this if he was standing right here because if you know him he is he's standing right here Ephesians 3 10 and 11 and his reason talk about God to show to all the rulers of heaven or in heaven how perfectly wise he is when all of his family Jews and Gentiles, I like that, alike are seen to be joined together in his church in just the way he had always planned it through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's been God's plan all along. Not just the Jews, the Gentiles too. I like how he throws that in there because what he's saying is all people, all people need to be working together to accomplish the kingdom of God coming to earth. Amen? Amen. Last verse, John 13, 35, it says, And so I am giving you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and so I am giving you a new commandment to you now. Love each other just as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It's the love we show to each other in our small groups outside of here, not just here, here too, but out there too when we're hanging out that shows the world. Jesus says, proves to the world, you're my disciples. How do I know I'm a disciple of Jesus? You love because God is love. It doesn't say God likes to love. It says God is love. So if God is love, then anything outside of love is not God. Woo, mm. that was a harsh pill to some of you to take, but you need to realize what is it that you're doing out here? Talking to people online. What is it? What where do your morals lie? Are you fighting for the unborn? That's something a Christian should be doing. <clears throat> Are you speaking out against the evil? That we see going on in the world. It doesn't matter. I don't want to give all the examples because I'll miss one and they'll think, ha, he didn't get mine. Just look around you. The Bible will tell you exactly what's evil. This is our go to book, the Bible. If anything you're doing doesn't line up with this, then guess what? It's not of God. You've got to recognize these things love, not hate. All the division we're seeing in this world today. Not God. Hate to break it to you. It's not God. Doesn't matter which title you're fighting under. It's not God. Cuz God's not about division. He's about unity. We talked about that tonight. God bless you. Thanks you for tuning in so much online. If you're online with us tonight, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you so we can have our prayer time here i'm excited for you here's what i want to encourage you if you're tuning online and you've never received christ as your personal lord and savior that is where your journey begins it always starts with salvation then you get baptized then you join a church you grow you're discipled you get involved in the church get involved in the community and tonight's message get involved with other people it's about connecting With other people So I know there's a lot of step there But all of those steps It always begins with salvation You just ask You say dear Jesus I know I'm a sinner I believe you died on the cross for me And I believe you rose on the third day Becoming victorious over death That I might live I ask you to come into my heart Be Lord of my life Forgive me of all my sins From here on out I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. The good news is it doesn't take all those words. The Bible tells us if you believe he came, died, and rose again, you shall be saved. Better news, we read it tonight. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't say they might be. says they shall be. You call out to Jesus. He is your salvation. You ask him to forgive you. Let him know you believe in what he did. He died. He rose again for our sins. He didn't have to do it. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to take one more step, and that's go to nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. In the upper left corner, you're going to click on the menu button. There will be a drop box drops down. When it does, go all the way to the right side click on the link that says The Road to New Life. It'll take you to a separate website that I created in college, which will walk you through the process of salvation. So if you want more details about why we need saved, what it takes to be saved, maybe you haven't prayed yet, you're you're still thinking about it, that's a great place for you to get some information. You follow each page in order. You get to the bottom. There's a prayer similar to the one I just prayed. And then there's a contact form, which comes directly to my email. TrentonCruz at yahoo.com. Send me an email. Send me a contact. Let me know you receive Christ. I want to celebrate with you. So God bless you. Thanks for tuning online. We'll see you next week.